Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 145 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, company from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for checking out the podcast. In this episode, we continue our 2022 AFL preview episodes, and I had the pleasure of sitting down to talk with the legendary Waza King of the Eagle Nation podcast as we preview the West Coast Eagles. Now, don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I hope you'll consider checking it out. You can get on the mailing list there. You can register as a guest if you're interested in coming on the podcast. Love to have you check it out. Uh, My blog is also over there, so when I get blog posts up, you can see those. And remember, with the mailing list, when a new episode comes out, it goes into the email before it goes anywhere else. So it's fresh out of the oven to you. If you'd like to help out the show, you can do that by checking out the Buy Me a Coffee button in the bottom left-hand corner. Helps keep the the lights on here, if you will. And also, if you're interested in any podcast gear, you can find that over on my Redbubble page. Before I go any further, I do have to thank Waza for doing a redesign on my podcast logo. We had a little bit of a discussion about this. I had no idea that he did any kind of graphics and such, and he sent me... A couple of mock-ups that were fantastic, and I think they're really sharp-looking. I do have those new logos up on Redbubble. If you're interested in filling up that blank space on the back of your laptop computer or that bottom right-hand corner of your ute in the back window as well. So, Warren, thanks so very much. The designs look absolutely fantastic. And ladies and gentlemen, I do hope that you enjoy my chat with Eagle Nation co-host Warren King. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest for this preview episode, the preview of the West Coast Eagles, is one of the hosts of the Eagle Nation podcast, where they focus on everything royal blue and gold. Outside of podcasting, he has an extraordinarily varied set of interests and skills, uh, ones that I'm very much in envy of. I'd like to welcome Waza King, or as his mom calls him, Warren, to the podcast. (laughs) So glad that you were able to work out a time to come on, Waza. Thanks, you, sir. Uh, thanks for uh, inviting me on the show, Craig. I've uh, been waiting for this. It's going to be an interesting talk. Talk about uh, the bet, or as um, a lot of other t- people probably say, my favourite team, the best team in the competition, the West Coast Eagles. Well, there you go. There you go. So it's, you know, I, as I'm meeting people and, you know, from, from all over the country, and in fact, you know, several of the episodes that I've done have been people here in the States as well, um, in the U.S., but you know, I always want to learn a little bit about the, the, the individuals that I'm talking to. So as I was reading through uh, some of the information that you shared, and I actually checked out your LinkedIn page here today, um, you know, I'm a school teacher. I've been doing that for 27 years. And it mentioned on there that you are a board member of a primary school. What, what does that consist of? Oh, well, basically, it's, um, you know, twice a term. Uh, the terms, we have four terms over here in the schools. Uh, we meet to discuss all the things about the running of the schools and all that. Uh, with the principal, we have, you have to have a certain number of uh, parent um, people uh, on the board. And so I'll put my hand up because my children go to the school. And I wanted to basically do it to take more interest in what my school was offering to my kids. So, okay. And, 
basically it's like a steering committee um, pointing them in the right directions, talking about the finances, uh, mm-hmm. the upgrades of the school. You're sort of hampered by the education department. And I don't know how they run over in America there, but, you know, if you're a public school, you only can do certain things and there's little ways you can make the school better being a public school. And so that was the main way reason of getting on the on the board and it's like 12 people sitting around, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a boardroom discussing things and, um, yeah, more about the finances uh, and the way the school is presented to the okay. community and it's stuff a, like that. It's a, it sounds very comparable to the school boards that we would have here in school districts in the U.S. And I, I just I was just curious to see if there was any kind of a difference. But the people generally the people on the school boards in here are actually elected officials. They actually they actually run for that office and have to get elected by the, the community to, to serve on those positions. Yeah, that's the same here. Um, oh, OK, a, OK. It's an elected position. You got to you got to nominate, and um, you get elected on. And this is my second term doing it, so I've been on it five, four or five years now. Okay, fantastic. Um, we only you're only allowed to do two terms, so and that and that works good for me because one of my kids will be in high school at the end of the term, so and then that one will still be there, but I still keep an interest. And okay, so you know, so. I guess the one difference is, is it sounds as though the board that you are on is is specifically for the primary school because that that's that that's a, that's a difference than than what we have here yeah. because normally normally the the school boards here would would encompass like the entire school district so it would be in like in the case of ours it would be the high school and then the the middle school and then the two schools that are the elementary buildings for the younger students so it's, it, they cover all four of those buildings so there's a little bit of a difference there yeah yeah okay so you you know as i was reading through it you uh you also work in a couple different unique fields in terms of uh working in in disability facilities as well as uh justice rehab facilities as well um we're you know doing building repair and that sort of thing and that's that tell us about like a, a what a typical week would be like for you what you know when you you do you do your nine to five or your when you're on call what what's the week look like for you oh well, basically it's it's okay we we have a group before us and we are look after it's and it's disability homes and justice retention homes so the people that are just getting out of prison okay so like there's this term called like a halfway house um so it's for them to go into a house once they come out and they can find accommodation for themselves on the justice side and we do mainly the women uh prisoners but then we also have different programs where there's um, child protection areas that they have houses for children. Um, and then on the disability side, we've got um, there's a few companies in WA that, you know, they uh, do, it's called housing for the disability. So in years gone by, they all used to be in a big hostel or a hospital sort of setting. And our company was one of the first ones to take um, the residents uh the clients out into homes so we have like four or five people in a home a group home okay and it's very rewarding rewarding when you go there because you think you're having a bad day and um you know it it just opens up your eyes you know you have acquired brain injuries you know people that were healthy that now have a disability they can't move from the neck down Uh, you've got people that are born with disabilities and Mm -hmm. i do the upkeep of the houses um 
anything basically that's broken I fix. Um, if I can't fix it, I get a professional in. And, um, yeah, that's basically what it is. And, and our company, it's sort of like that their ethos is um, helping the vulnerable. So yeah. it used to be a mainly a disabilities organisation, but then the opportunity come up with um, to take on another business and uh, so they took on the justice side of it. So I think it's safe to say, based upon your involvement with with your profession, and then also with the uh, the 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 board position you have with the school, you seem to be somebody who cares a great deal about the well being of other people, and that's 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 a laudable thing to have. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, when I look at it that way, you don't look at it that way until somebody tells you to uh, tells you that. Um, yeah, I've always. Just something I've liked doing, and it, and it comes really good. Um, and you know, if you're helping somebody out, that that can make your day. So sometimes I come home really, really happy. So that's that is uh, that's that's terrific. It's it's a rewarding thing. And 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 I would imagine that you know, if it's something that that somebody that's in one of these homes has come to rely on, that that you've been able to you know put back in place so that it's, it's able to be used by them again. That you probably get you know a great deal of appreciation from people for being able to do that sort of thing. So, you know, while sure there's a, a monetary reward to it because it's your profession, you also, you get that, you know, granted when it's 40 degrees Celsius out, maybe you don't want a warm and fuzzy feeling. Maybe you'd like to have a nice cool feeling, but uh, you, you get what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spot on. Spot yeah. on. So how long has the, uh, the Eagle nation pod podcast been going? Uh, we're in the we're in year five now. Um, okay. It started off um, a brief little history on it. Um, I started a, an Eagles page because on Facebook socials, you know, every team has their own fan pages, and there was a mm -hmm. few pages where um, if you if you said what you felt, you sort of got persecuted for it, or you got you got deleted, or you got blocked. So I thought I'd. Uh, start my own up and it was more to it was more in a laugh because a few years ago um, there was a player called Sam Powell Pepper mm -hmm. who was a West Australian playing in the Waffle and I was on a couple of different pages going I'm going to start up a page we're going to try and get this guy drafted and when the draft came he ended up going to Port Adelaide so yep. I thought well, what do I do with a what do I do with a page um I can delete it or we can change and direct it to another person. And then I thought, no, you know what? I want to do my own Eagles page where I'm in mm -hmm. control. I, I can do what I want. Don't have to worry about anyone else telling me I can't say this, can't say that. So I got a few people to go admin on it and we thought it the West Coast that it was the next generation because we sort of like at the start um, focused on the youth, mm -hmm. uh, people that were getting drafted, all that. And that turned into a bit of a little bit of a monster. And so I thought, well, the only way to take it somewhere else is do a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I'd wanted to do a podcast for years. And, you know, someone I've always wanted to do, being a musician, sort of had that sort of thing about me that I wanted to get it out there, my voice. And uh, so we started and it was called the TNG podcast, but, People didn't know what TNG meant, so you know. And if I didn't say it was West Coast Eagles Next Generation, sort of was hard to get followers. So I had to change tact, and that's where I come up with Eagle Nation. 
Well, I'm I'm glad that you I'm glad that you said the next generation after you said T and G because I had no idea where you were going with that either. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, Eagle Nation was born out of that. So the last okay. three years, it's been called the Eagle Nation Podcast, and it's got we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. and all that. And you know, got that steady following, and it's um, the guys I do it with. Um, there's mainly two of us, uh, three of us. Dan McCormick and Wayne Hardman, they're on basically every week. But we have a couple of guys that we call the interchange bench. They okay. come on when the other guys can't come on, in Rob Didco and uh, Tom Shire. And, um, yeah, it's a group of guys that we met. It's funny because we met um, – we did a video cast at first, which was called The Nest TV, and we tried it. And first year, everything we wanted to do – we kept on getting roadblocks because we wanted to do it at football grounds and you had to get access from the Eagles or the Dockers to get in because we wanted to do it in the ground. So in the, the next year, we I built a green screen and we did it all in front of a green screen. Okay. And we had different people come in, did seven-minute shows, but just to do those seven-minute shows, it was – you had to get everyone on the same page. It was a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. editing and – and uh, in the end, we sort of like, no, nah, let's just concentrate on the podcast because we can do it, get it up within one or two days. Right, right. Yeah, I've not, I've not at all tried to get involved with video, and quite frankly, I don't. Uh, nobody needs to see me on camera. You know, if they can, they can find, they can find my picture over on my website. It's there. You can find. Yeah, I'm sure if you Google me, it'll show up somewhere as well. But other than that, nobody needs to see me. Okay. But- it's- the saying over here, it's a, we've got a good face for radio. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, well, I had a, I actually told that to a student once in class. He was singing. He was, he thought he, he fancied himself a, uh, a good singer. And uh, I mentioned that he was singing in class and I told him, I said, you know, you're, you're pretty good there. I said, yeah, in fact, you know, with, with your look there, I said, you know, with that voice and, and your face, I said, you've got a face for radio. And he said, oh, thank you. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> took him a sec- took him a second to figure out that that wasn't exactly a compliment. Uh, <laughs> so, so Sam Paul Pepper was somebody that you that you watched from a young age work his way through the waffle before he got drafted then by Port. Yeah, yeah, he okay. was. And, um, okay, I'd, brief- I'd briefly met his father. So, um, and uh, at the time, you know, I thought, oh, you know, and I everyone was talking about this kid. Um, he had something. He he was a well, you would have seen him play. Um, he's he loves. He goes in. He's crash and bash. And yes, yeah. um, I think at the time that's what the Eagles needed. Mm-hmm. And he had trained with the Eagles the year before on a train on because uh, most times when they're in the 18s, they get to train with an AFL club um, if they're in the state competition and all that. So um, he got to train with them. So I sort of literally tried to put them together. Didn't happen that way. But um, the Eagles went with another player with Dan Venables. So. And yeah, so who is now that, who is now retired? Yep. Yeah. But out of that, um, yeah, it's born this born this little monster, which so I probably have to thank him. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and it's you know, I can understand why you or my somebody like yourself or myself would be a Sam Powell Pepper fan because uh, we all go to the same barber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is classic. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, there's a, there's something to be that you know I and I you know I I, I tell you yeah, I've been shaving my head I've been shaving my head now for you know literally because yeah, I have all my hair I just choose to cut it off 
Uh, oh, but I mean, right. I yeah, it's it's all there because I I I wore my hair in a in a flat top for twenty five years, but all my barbers died. I mean, they they oh. they, they they cut my grandfather's hair. A couple of the barbers that I used to go to cut my grandfather's hair, and you know, and my my one grandfather passed away in the uh, in the early eighties, and that the his barber was still cutting my hair like twenty years ago before he passed away and I couldn't find anybody that can actually cut a, flat, a decent flat top anymore. So I just said, I'll just cut it off then. So I just, you know, a little shaving cream and a razor and boom, I'm all done. So well, I wish, I wish that was my story. I used to have long, long hair. Um, <laughs> I used to try and emulate the LA bands of the, the eighties uh, and nineties. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> well, it's, so are we, are we look are we talking LA guns or Motley Crue or, Oh yeah, all those yeah. rat, rat okay. rats. Oh, a little Steve Piercy then. Okay, yeah. Actually, I have a, I have, I have a, I have a podcast on LA music. Yeah, I have, I have a student who is a. She was born a generation too late because she's she actually, and I'm not saying this because you just brought the name up. She, she wore her rat T-shirt to school. I think two or three days ago. No. She she's really big. She's really big into that eighties music. Music. I think she got that from her dad. So, yeah. Yeah, and no, I loved it, but I listen to some of it now, and I cringe sometimes. So, well, yeah. well, you know, I I, I uh, but three weeks ago, almost three weeks ago now, I I went to my first concert in like four years. The last last concert I went to uh, was to go see Megadeth. Um, but oh, uh, that was angry. Yeah, and uh, we went and saw Volbeat and ghost oh ghost yeah yeah they were i mean i love i love i mean i i like I their the music yeah very very much so yeah very much yeah. so Inter interesting well, group um well theatrics my, my favorite band's kiss so okay so yeah, anything like that yeah i've heard a few bits of uh ghost and all that i haven't really much seen uh heard much of volbeat but yeah oh, i'll try and give everything a listen the, so oh, the, volbeat is you know is a a good hard rock hard rock band they, they they actually they covered a johnny cash song when we saw him live which was really cool which is really neat um yeah it's a uh, just a whole well, I mean, uh, they're from they're from denmark I think. Over there. oh yeah well well uh foo fighters were in geelong last night yeah i know they did the one off that would have been yeah. great but if they had a company, they wouldn't get the WA because you can't have any. Uh, it's really weird because over here, everyone's a bit angry at the moment because you can have people go to the footy, they've just cut it in half. So Optus holds 60. Mm -hmm. So for the first round, they only can hold 30,000, but you can't have a concert over here. So it's, you know, people are a bit, bit angry over here at the that's, moment. So uh, that I, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's called bureaucracy. That's that's oh, the yeah, that's the government the that's the, that's one hand of government and not necessarily knowing what the other hand is doing and oh. yeah it's it's, it's uh, I, I, <laughs> I I know I know you guys have had a very interesting couple of years and I was going to ask you about that when you were doing the podcast were the 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 group of you that do the show were you able were you allowed allowed to be in the same place to do the show or did you have to do it remotely Oh well basically um for the last two years, we've the borders have been up. So if people in America don't know what I'm talking about, the, yeah, the yeah. WA border to the rest of Australia was up, so no one could get in. Um, but basically, we led normal lives. Um, 
every now and then if there was a little bit of a small breakout, you wouldn't be able to go anywhere. But, um, yeah, we, we, we had no problems that way. Uh, we're probably facing the problems now. So mm-hmm. um, we've had more outbreaks in the last week than we've had in the last two years. So um, it's going to be interesting. So NWA, as we call it, Western Australia, there's a term called WA. We call it wait a while. So we're always behind. We're always behind the eight ball over here. So we're doing probably what Melbourne, Victoria, uh, New South Wales did six months ago. We're going mm-hmm. through probably now. So okay, it's going to be strange. It's like you know, with COVID, with the AFL players, um, most of the East Coast teams, half the teams have had it. Only two West Coast players have had COVID so far. Yeah, and. To my knowledge, no Fremantle players have had it so far. So when the season starts and they do get COVID, those two teams are going to probably be restricted on who they can play in some games. So mm-hmm. the AFL are now putting a pool of players so the teams can pick from if teams do get overrun by COVID. So it's going to be an interesting time. But to answer your question, yeah, uh, we met most times. Okay. And if we couldn't, we did it by uh, this means like um, Zoom or okay. other streaming devices. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. So looking at the club um, and it's been the, the training session, getting ready for the year has been, it's been like, it's become like a mash unit, like the old TV show mash. You know, there's, <laughs> I mean, you've got, you know, you've got so many injuries right now, you know, with, with, you know, Dom Sheed being out and, and you're, you know, your, your, your young, you know, first year player, Campbell Chess are going to be out for a couple months as well. Um, you know, Elliot Yo, it looks like he's going to miss a few weeks. Um, yeah, well, look, we're, we're the walking wounded for sure. Yeah. Um, it's unprecedented. Pre-precedented. Uh, the last time this happened was in 2010 with the West Coast Eagles and they finished Stone Cold last. And they had seven, I remember back then they had one game where they had 17 of their 22 players, top 22 players, out injured. Wow. And it's sort of like, probably not to that extent at the moment, but I think there was 16 players on their injured list as of two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of them guys might be coming back this week, but they might put, not play them on tomorrow. Uh, we're doing the Saturday, so they're playing free on Sunday. Um, yeah, so doesn't look good, and especially when uh, some of those players like Luke Shuey is out. Um, you just said, yo, Sheed, there's three guys from your engine room straight away. Right. Um, and then you got some of the youngsters that, you know, with those guys being injured, they'd be stepping up. Now they're injured. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was talking to uh, Pepsi who you had on from Melbourne on his program and he didn't know the extent of the uh, injuries when I was speaking to him and he was Mm -hmm. a bit um, surprised and shocked that just how many, every time he mentioned somebody, uh, they're on the injured list, Oscar Allen, you know, up forward with Jack Darling, who we'll probably talk about pretty soon. I was going to mention him in a moment, yes. (laughs) Yeah, Oscar Allen, he's out till round five. Um, So there's a lot of holes there, but... You know, maybe it's – we'll talk about the age demographic a bit later as well, but maybe it's uh, fast-forwarding what's going to be happening anyway in the next year or so. So, yeah. It'll, it'll test our depth anyway. Right. It's certainly going to do that. Whether you want it to do it or not, it's going to happen, yes. That's that's absolutely right. But 
Yeah. And we're even going to get into the, you know, the clubs that you're doubling up against this year, which in a way it's uh, that's, that's a glass half full kind of a situation, I think for you. Uh, but, you know, since you brought up his name, what, what are your thoughts on, on the, the Jack Darling situation here? Cause you know, I don't uh, you know, I, I know that he's what he's chosen not to do. And I'm, it, it's not my place to say yes, no, don't get, don't do it, do it. You know, not my place to say that at all. So yeah, look, what are you? I'm, I'm the same. Like um, everyone's got their own choice and what they do. Um, you know, and you have to respect people's choices, but, mm -hmm. and I've said this on a couple of podcasts and my own, um, football's a team game. So for a team to, not like Melbourne last year, everything had to go right for them to win the flag. Right. Um, every, and everyone's going to be on the same page. And that means from your boot stutter up to your CEO, your presidents, and all your players. And Jack Darlin, he... He's, he's he's not even training with the club. Um, the club, you know, the media say they haven't heard from him, but the club's been in contact with him and he's vice versa. But by March the 9th, Eagles have to make a decision. Do they put him on the inactive list and he doesn't play for a year? Because they can't see them delisting him, uh -huh. but they can put somebody else onto the list. Or do they just hope that the mandates change government-wise and the mandates aren't going to change? So as a... From a, if I was a team player at the Eagles, I'd be very pissed off. Okay. Because he's not doing the team thing, and for the money that they're making, I just don't understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, um, have the have the other players on the have the other players on the club? Have they been directed by the club or by the by the league to not be in contact with him, or is that is that not something that's happened? No, no, I think they're in contact with him. And from, yeah, Dom Sheed did an interview, I think, two weeks ago. And he said, look, you know, exactly basically what I just said. Um, as a person, they respect what he wants to do. But as a teammate, they don't understand it. Um, yeah. I think they're in constant contact with him, you know. And look, West Coast are, are really good at keeping things in house. They don't let too many things leak unless they want to leak it. Um, and so it is a bit of a closed book over here and media are probably getting frustrated at that because they're, they're getting no answers, but they're asking the question every time and all they're getting is the same, oh, well, we haven't heard from him, blah, blah, blah. Um, I guess it's all going to come out in the wash in the next week or so because it has to because that deadline for list spots uh, closes uh, next Wednesday. So um, personally, I'd love to see Jack come back because the club need him, but... I don't think it's going to happen because if it had happened, it would have happened by now. Right. I was going to say though, with, with just the, the number of injuries that they have had, they may need to just, they may need to get themselves a healthy body that they can put into a jumper, whether they, and whether or not they're going to actually, you know, whether or not they're going to be dressing with the 22 or if they're going to be playing in the, you know, on the, the, the waffle game, you know, prior to it or in a different location they they need somebody that's able to step in and help out and if he's not if he's not going to be there and they're not going to change the 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 rules in terms of uh you know the restrictions for him they probably need to get somebody in there to fill that spot yeah well yeah i agree totally and i, I just look at it that you know if jack darling come back into that club right now said look boys i've had the jab i didn't want to do it but i've had the jab i've taken one for the team uh-huh 
the morale on that side would just go up. You know what that's I mean? That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. And um, and that's where I, from an outside looking in, that's where I get more peeped off. That you know, it's a team sport. Do the team thing, and um, you know, you can have your own individual choices, but do the team thing. Um, I know what I would have done, but I'm different. Everyone's different, I guess. So, um, it could be the end of him. That's a and that's a highly likely ending for him. You know, this could yeah. be the end of his career. So, well, let's look at it. Let's look at it from a different way, though. And you might be. I think you probably are probably more right on that than than you want to admit. But maybe he has secretly had the the vaccine already and he's going to show up on tuesday next week right before that deadline and go surprise guys look here's my little sticker on my sleeve look i got my shots let's go and there's that morale boost you, you were talking about <laughs> oh i wish that would happen um <laughs> the, the story over here is he's got a lawyer involved in it and i don't know if it's 100 percent true but they're saying contracted contractual wise um, the AFL cannot stop you from n- not getting it and all that. So I don't know where that stands. That's the only thing I can see that's holding everything up. So they're, they're, are they at least are, from that vantage point then, are they trying to ensure that he's still able to get his salary, even if he's been basically locked away from the club? Is that well, what you're until saying? now, um, he's getting his salary, but once they put him on the inactive list, he wouldn't get and it. That's now. the likely scenario here. He'll only get 25% of his salary okay. for the year. So 25% of 750 is still a good a, uh, little bundle of cash there. That's that's a decent chunk of change. I think I think you could uh if I could negotiate that for my my contract for my job, I would take that. Uh, <laughs> I guess we all could, huh? <laughs> and you could, and you know what? You could just arbitrarily poke me with a needle every once in a while, just just for the heck of it. Just you know, sneak yeah. up behind me once, as long as it's a clean one. Just you know, give me a little jab, boom, and then move on. Um, you can do it every, every day. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Well, I, I have, uh, you know, and you know, while while they while the players in the AFL get paid handsomely, they're 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 not getting paid the, and I'm and. I'm not begrudging what athletes here in the U S get paid. I mean, get, I I'm, I'm a, I'm a capitalist, get, get every penny you can possibly make. Okay. I have no problem with that at all, but it's, you know, the, yep, the, the amount, yeah, the amount that it's, it's, it's a completely different thing. And it's one of the, it's one of the things that I kind of fell in love with, with from, from a distance, because I hear the stories from, from people that I've talked to that, you know, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to run into, LeBron James at the Woolworths and he's running in there going, Oh crap. I forgot to pick up a, you know, a two liter get container of milk. You know, that's not going to happen, but you, you might run into, you might run into Dom Sheed, you know, at the coffee shop, or you might, you know, you might, you know, I, there's a gentleman that that's a Port Adelaide supporter that does the corn, the corn, the pear podcast that now it hasn't happened much during COVID, but he said for, for a while, you know, he, the, the coffee shop that he goes to in the morning, Ken Hinckley shows up in. And they, yep. he kind of worked out something where, you know, on, on the days that, you know, Port Adelaide had won that he, he would buy Ken Hinckley's coffee. And the days that they'd lost, Hinckley was buying his coffee. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so, you know, that, that sort of thing doesn't happen in here, but, you know, here with the athletes, because they've, they've, they've priced themselves out of the orbit that, that the public yeah, they, lives and in. They, yeah. And they all live in gated communities and that. Yeah. And, 
yeah and again i don't begrudge anybody for for doing that yeah. it's just you're just not going to see them that's yeah. one of the things that i love about the afl is that you know when when covid's not going on i mean to me it's 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 between the the, the club and their supporters for that particular club it's a to me it looks like a love affair between them now it's, it's yeah, a it, and it's funny funny how you say that because you can be down like I, I took my son to a park one day and we had the footy and uh, it was a couple of footballers there uh Frio dockers and a couple of eagles that they were good mm-hmm. mates i won't say who they were but and they just had a quick kick with my son and that made his day you know what i mean yeah. and yeah that's how accessible it is um so yeah, these things do happen. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Like you said, the exorbitant prices uh sports stars get all around the world, different. Um, and you know, in Australia, we sit there and go, um, "Oh, that's a lot of money to play football." But when you look at basketball and all that, it's it's a pittance, really. Yeah, me but, do the. Hey, if you can get it playing a sport you love and that you're good at, good on you. Do the do the player? And I've I've never researched this because I've I've never watched an NBL game before. But do the do the, do the athletes in the NBL make comparable salaries to what the AFL makes? I wouldn't say they'd be that high, but I wouldn't say, yeah. Well, I'm not a really big basketball person, so okay. I'm probably, probably the wrong person to ask that question, but I'd say they're, they'd be on a good coin. Okay. Okay. They'd yeah, I would be on a good coin. Okay. So seeing all of the injuries that are going on and uh, knowing that the, you know, the age profile of the club is, is very similar to another club that we talked about a little bit off air. You know, I, I, as I, I mentioned to you, I said, I, I find it amazing that, that, that people don't generally tend to tend to mention West coast in the same breath with Geelong when they talk about, boy, that sure looks like an old list to me. Uh, well, but that doesn't, over here they do, um, especially on the East Coast. If you're listening to a like uh, a Damien Barrett or mm-hmm. one of the leading journal or sports journals over there, the age demographic over here and it doesn't. It's not just the Eagles or Geelong. It's happened for the last 20, 30 years. See, so, as soon as you reach a, a team that averages over twenty seven years of age, you're considered too old. Um, mm-hmm. But what I find weird is Geelong, they're the oldest list in the comp- West Coast. I think they're the third oldest, could be the second. Um, they're held in two different views. Like at the moment, the Cats, they still going, well, yeah, this is their last year. Um, it's the last hurrah. Um, they've got the talent there to do it. The Eagles, same age demographic, oh, well, their window is totally closed, but when you look at both the teams, the West Coast Eagles have got 10 All-Australians on the list still. Right, right. Um, they still got, um, I think it's something like 16 players from the Premiership team only four years ago right, on that right. team. Right, yeah. Uh, Geelong haven't won a flag since 2011, but mm-hmm. they're still considered the fancies to win the flag. Uh, when, when, in in com- of- when in comparison yeah. with West Coast. Yeah, when in comparison yeah. West Coast, so, um, but in to cut a long story short, both both teams the windows are closing, and we're seeing with the Eagles now the depth ain't gonna be there. And if you go if you went through Geelong's list and you took Sourwood, Dangerfield, Hawkins, Tom Stewart, um, just to name a few, you took those four out. Who's coming up from above? You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, that you know. 
and your Cameron. You know, if you had your five big players out, will Geelong be held in the same regard still? I don't know. Um, Geelong are blessed. I reckon, I reckon Geelong have the best home ground advantage out of any team. Um, we've cut Cadinia Park or whatever you want to call it. It's got a different name every year. Um, they win eight <laughs> games. They're, there, they're unbeatable down there. Um, their record says it. I think they've won 58 out of the last 64 games down there or something. So you, you win eight games there. Yeah. You only have to win another four to to play in the finals. You know right, what I mean? Right. That's true. So yeah. That's why I reckon Geelong are probably had a bit different in viewpoint to the Eagles, um, even though the Eagles have got a good home ground advantage over mm-hmm. here in the West, but now that's the same size as MCG, teams don't find it as hard to win over here, where Subiaco Oval used to be like Cardinia Park or down there, it was very narrow, so it was really hard to win here. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting for, for both teams, your, your Cats and the Eagles, where they go after this year. Right, right. Tim Kelly... You know, Tim Kelly, West Australian boy, everyone over here wanted West Coast to take him. And West Coast, I, I know people involved and close to the family, and West Coast were looking at picking him, but they were told that the Cats would pick him with a certain number and the Eagles didn't believe it. It happened. Mm-hmm. They got him back, and people say, did West Coast win the trade or did Geelong win the trade? You can't really tell for a couple of years, but the two players that the Cats took for Tim Kelly have yet to play a game. Yeah, well, but and then they turned around and used some of the some of those picks to get Jeremy Cameron then too. Yeah, they but used yeah, one yeah. of the hits to get Cameron, yeah. but the other two haven't played a game, and that's where are they? Are they going to get a go this year? Are, are they going to be on the list next year? Um, it's it's funny how all these little stories interact with each other and. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. The age well, demographic doesn't matter who you are. As soon as you're over a certain age, you're sort of you're on the cliff, as I say, on the edge of the cliff. Well, let me ask you this because this just popped into my head here, um, and it's it's a question I've asked. I haven't asked it to anybody this year, and it's something that I've heard talked about. It, it, it doesn't exist in the AFL right now, but it happens in every sport here in the United States, because for those of you that are listening in the U S the AFL, your, your trade period all happens in the span of a couple weeks after the season, right around the time that the draft is happening. And that's, that's your, that's the trade period. That's when trades were made are made, but in the, the, the four major sports here in the U S T you know, clubs are allowed to make trades during the season as well and then each of the each of the each of the the leagues will have a trade deadline like at the middle of the season so like major league baseball uh their trade deadline has typically been you know the season runs from the beginning of april to the to early october but the end of the uh the trade deadline will be the end of july so if a team needed to go out and get a they needed to get out, go out and get another player to fill in a, a position. They could trade some of their younger players that are playing on a, you know, at a younger club, one of their lower clubs to go get a player that could come help them now. So I was wondering, what do you think about the idea of, and I'm not advocating for, I'm just curious what you think. Let's say for example, that, you know, that the Eagles are, you know, they, let's just say they scuffle this year, that the injuries don't get better and that, 
maybe, you know, maybe there's a player that's on the, on the list that is in maybe the last year of their contract that wants to, you know, try to go somewhere to win a premiership. And I know that, you know, the continuity of the clubs are different in the AFL than they are here in many ways. And I think it gets back to the, the, the finances of it as well, but if they could trade that, that player who isn't going to be, isn't going to be helping them the next year to bring in maybe a second round draft pick in the upcoming draft or something yeah, well, like that. Do you like that idea or is that something? You yeah, think well, it's... it's been talked about over here mm-hmm. quite a lot because we have the mid-season draft. Right, right. If you've got a list open and they've only just bought it. And it happened to quite a lot in the 90s. They had the mid-season draft. and But the tradable part is what's been talked about because, right, right. like you said, to say, just for instance, um, Jeremy McGovern has a big fall on that. Oh, Jack Darwin. Let's use Jack Darwin. Okay. He, he, you know, the Eagles don't live at, in the middle of the year when they have the mid-season draft, they should have a mid-season trade. And like I said, you can trade for a player, a player for a player, mm-hmm. or you trade for, well, you give me your first two picks in up and come and draft and we'll give you Jack Darling. Right. Um, it, it will come in. I just, it has been talked about quite a lot over here. Um, so I can see it happening. When is a the bigger question, um, but they're sort of like dabbling now with COVID. Um, I don't know if you've read yeah. in the last couple of days, but each club's been given a pool of players that they can pick from at lower leagues. So if, you know, COVID or injuries, I think it's more for COVID, but I think that'll become a, a bit of the norm where you've got your 38 players on your, your main list and then you have a another supplementary list at lower leagues that are playing waffle or... Mm-hmm even amateur levels that you can pick from. And the game's always growing. Uh, the AFL's sort of always trying to change things every year. They always change the rules, which really annoys the hell out of people over here. Um, but to bring it in with different world sports, I can see those things creeping in. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see those yeah, things the, creeping the, in. The, so. Yeah, the, you know, the... the uh, and I didn't pick up on everything that was going on, but you know, the, the, the practice match the other night with Melbourne, they get that where they had eight 50 meter penalties called on them during oh, the course shocking. of the game, which, you know, I, and I think, first of all, I think the 50 meter is, is an extraordinarily long penalty. And that, that's, that's my, I think it should be, you know, 25 meters or so. I mean, that's, that's, I, I think that's, used, that's a excessive. It used to be 15 meters. Okay. And, um, I think it was it was bought in because of the amount of fifteen minute penalties that were given away. They were given away ridiculous amounts of times. Um, mm-hmm. So they thought, well, let's make the penalty bigger so people transgress a lot. And this year they're clamping down on abuse to umpires. But right, right, that's what the calls were for. And it's it's a grey area because. From what I've heard and over the last couple of days, and especially in that game I watched it, I was sitting there. Some of the players just looked at the umpire and they got a 50-metre penalty. And to me, that's not abusing the umpire. No. And one player, I think it was Petrarca, he, he, he clenched his fist knowing he'd, he'd stuffed up. Yeah, yeah. And he got a 50-metre penalty. Yeah. Now, that's not abuse of the umpire. That's a, right. That's more a frustration thing that he knew he'd done wrong. Right. That was that wasn't. I'm clenching my fist because I'm about to break your nose. Yeah. That's not what. It's not what it was. But it is preseason, so maybe the umpires. I think you know 
they have to stand out the abuse of umpires, and that's great. But let's not go overboard because you know. Let, and if they're going to do that, you do it from round one all the way through to the grand final. You know, right? But but, but if I'm not mistaken, didn't they just announce that like a week ago? Yeah, yeah, they. I mean, to me, that's every year, Craig. To me, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that and it seems to be very last minute. I mean, that's. I mean, if that's if you're going to do that sort of thing, you would think that they would that they would institute that back in November, and they would be able to sit down. You know, they would put together like a video package for the umpires, and have this package of video. You know, video here in terms of instances that have happened in the past, and say you know that that this scenario might have warranted a 50-meter penalty, but this one would not have, or this one would have, and this one would not have, and here's why. Rather than just dumping in their lap, you know, three days before they're going to be umpiring their first game of the season. Yeah, it's um, it happens every year, but, and like I said, and it's a hard game. Stand! Umpire, sorry, I'm Stop. sorry, I had to. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard game to umpire anyway, you know, Um the stand rule, don't go on about me because your one of your Geelong men brought that rule in, Steve Hogan. That's yeah. probably the worst rule in football ever. And yeah. I reckon this will be the last year you see that rule. And that will be one rule that people will be happy to see taken out of the game. And talking to players, they agree on that. Um, but, yeah, look, well, I, I thought they the should... game as it is. I thought with the stand rule, and I mentioned this to somebody last year or the year before when it came in, whatever it was, that that they should have it should have that some of the players should have started doing like Madonna did when she had that that song Vogue, where they just would kind of you know they'd stand and they and they would they'd you know they'd pose in different <laughs> in different types of <laughs> different oh, little it, acting it, things just, there. Well, what the what the Hawking did back then, he was trying to take it back to the nineties where most people did just stand on the mark. Uh-huh. Like you kick down the line, there wasn't many angles taken, you know what I mean? Um, right, right. And they're trying that I think they tried to slow the game down, but the coaches are, are coaches for a reason. They they find a loophole on everything. Mm-hmm. And um Yep, yep. You know, at the start of the year it was free flowing, towards the end of the year it got more defensive. And the same thing's gonna happen this year. Um the the scratch matches I've seen and the JRT series I've seen very fast movement. Uh, cutting cutting the angles and all that, but that'll happen for the first five, six rounds. And then you'll see teams just get ultra-defensive, filling in the holes. So it sort of works back the other way anyway, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I'm not one. I, I could talk all day on rules and all that. And it just, <laughs> you know, playing the game myself, I, I'd hate to be playing the game now compared to when I played the game. So. Right, right. So, you know, from – now, taking a, a a realistic look at things, what are your expectations for the Eagles this year? And I know you mentioned to me earlier that they're the, you know the greatest club in in the comp. I know you said that earlier, but I th- I think you know that even you know there might be people for every club that are going to say that. So oh, every person's going to say that. Um, well, look, Eagles have only been in the comp you know thirty five years, and um, mm-hmm. they've only missed the finals nine times out of that. You know not, what I mean? Not bad. That, so they're they're um along with Geelong in the last twenty years they're the probably the most successful team playing finals, um and as an organisation their their belief is bred on success so 
but there comes a time where you have to take that step backwards and, you know, at the start of the year, you know, you don't see all these injuries happening. So you sit there and go, well, the Eagles are going in for one last hurrah. Uh-huh. That they've kept JK on, they kept Hearn in the list. Um, Redden's still on the list. You know, these players are all on the wrong side of 30. Um, so you can tell where they were going for. They had the belief there. They got, they got If you put everyone fit in the Eagles, you'd be talking top four. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, very belief yeah. in the club. That's in the club. Uh, people on from the outside probably wouldn't see top four, but halfway through last year, they were sitting fourth on the ladder. They had, you know, they were. They looked like they were going to play in the finals. They looked like they were going to finish top six at least. And then they lost seven of the last nine games. Um, yeah. And they fell away dramatically. Um, so the belief was there. It was because a few little injuries to key players. Or to me, from the outside, look, they didn't believe in it. They, they, they sort of were getting worked out. This year, to me, I wanted to see him go for the last row, but now looking at the present day, I, I, I'd hope I hope we finish towards the lower end of the ladder because I want to get a top 10 draft pick for one. Mm-hmm. haven't had one since 2010, which was Andrew Gaff. Um, and, yeah, I just want to see some of the youngsters get a go. And if that's a bit of pain for Eagle fans, so be it. Um, we're not used to it, but, hey, it's happened to every other team. So things go around in circles. And it'll it'll pay off for them in the you know in the in the long run though. Yeah. If you get if you get to blood those young kids and get them some experience and some games under their belt, it can only you know can well, only help them. You have a look at their list, and it was Peps from uh, the Lace Out podcast that pointed out to me there was twelve players with hundred games or more at the Eagles, but then there was a big gap. It's fourteen players at the Eagles that have had played eleven games or less. Yeah. And yeah. to me, those are the fourteen play. Those fourteen players, five of them, four of them were drafted this year. So you know, take that aside. But those fourteen players, they're the guys that you need to get games into. You need to get those guys up to fifty games. And at the moment, they're they're not getting that. So is this the year it's going to happen? At the start of the year, I'd say it will be. Some guys like Xavier O'Neill, he's played thirteen games. So those types of players need to get more regular game time. And, you know, if the list management did their job right, um, they should be able to do it. Uh, but it's yet to be seen. Right, right. Yeah, and you've got, uh, you, know, you know, Jermaine Jones, who was with the Cats for a while also. You know, I I, I mean, he's – and I'm, I'm going to say he's already 23 right now, which, you know, being – being somebody who's as old as I am and saying somebody who's already 23 is just, I, that just, it just hurts my head to say that, but I mean, he's only yeah. played, he's only played 21 games and he's, and he's been in the league for at least four or five years. He, he's one of these guys that, you know, on the Geelong list, he, he was probably, he was buried on the fourth, list. Yeah. You know, third, third or fourth small forward. Mm-hmm. He come to the Eagles, the same situation, you know, you got your Liam Ryan, you got Willie Rioli's, um, uh, and then when he did play for the Eagles, he was playing good. And then the next game he got injured, he was out for four or five weeks. So right, right. it's all about, he's a lot of soft tissue injuries. So he's got to get his body right. He lives with Tim Kelly. So he, he knows what to do. Um, mm-hmm. So 
It, uh, he's one of the guys that I'm interested in looking having a big year this year, and especially if you put him a, alongside um, Willie Rioli and Liam Ryan in the forward line. There's three right, right. small forwards that can create havoc. You know what I mean? Th- those are those are three quick people, and it, it, it's you know it's good to have Willie Rioli back out there. You know, it's uh, you know I yeah. I know yeah I know some people fans, we're salivating. Yeah, I know some people have you know op- opinions. You know, and and I don't. I don't partake in uh, in that, but uh, it it was it was simply that, you know. Look, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It was bloody plain stupid. Yeah. Um, especially with the education players get these days. Um, yeah. Um, who knows what uh, frame of mind he was in? I know he is very introverted in a way around people that aren't friends, but. People that know him, he's in a bit of an extrovert, but um, that's just. Yep. So you said he, you said he's, uh, and I, I think most people are introverted around people that they don't know, and extroverted yeah, around probably. people that they do yep. know. I, I think that that that's that's a, that's kind of human nature, I would think, isn't it? You know, I don't know. Although you know, both of us with what we do here, with, you know, when you're talking to people on a podcast and you're you're meeting you're meeting somebody for yeah. the first time here, I mean, we have no choice but to be a little bit extroverted when we're doing this. Other, otherwise, people are not going to tune in to listen. They're going to they're going to say this is this is boring as hell. We're not gonna, we're not going to listen to it anymore. So, so who who are you? Yeah. I guess the answer to this question could be whoever happens to be healthy, but who, who are you the most excited about seeing this year? Well, we just spoke about Riola, so he was one. Yeah. Um, I want to see some of the younger players like Isaiah Winder, because I, I've seen him from afar. Um, he's got a pace, especially if off a wing. Um, Connor West, you know, we picked him up in the mid season draft last year and he played about, I think, I think eight or nine games. And, He's going to get his chance because I think he will take over Jack Redden's spot. Um, I was I was really looking forward to seeing Campbell Chester from what he did um, in the intra club games and uh, just training wise. Um, right. Yeah, I, I want to see a lot of the younger players get a go, and um, I'm a big fan of Tommy Barras. So you know, uh, him. I want to see him and McGovern take back though that the best three defender roles in the competition. So, and I love watching Nick Nat every year. So um, it's going to be interesting. Just uh, mainly uh, you can chuck any of the younger players in there. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Okay. To seeing some of the youth step up and show us what they've actually got. So, you know, you, you know, looking at your, you know, we've talked about a lot of the concerns that, that, that supporters are going to have for the club. Uh, um this year just in terms of injuries and the, you know the list getting older and, and as you know cat supporters i think feel the same way you know knock on wood they haven't had the injuries as of yet um you know they had you know tom stewart had a very you know you know one at a very inopportune time last year which you know i granted i don't think it would have made much of a difference had he been I out do. there but yeah i reckon if tom stewart had been there i reckon he would have played off in the grand final you think so yeah he was a big big loss yeah, I throughout the way they they played the game, yeah. the Blacks had to go back down back, and um, yeah, I think it just threw out. You know, it only takes one player to throw well, out your your. And losing, yeah, you know, lost lost big, Mitch Duncan for quite some time last year too. Yeah, 
Yeah. It was a big loss. So yeah. um, I try not to think about Geelong last year in West Coast because they gave us some more spanking. <laughs> yes, they did. I, I wasn't going to bring it up. Um, I, but but since you mentioned Geelong, you uh, the, you do get to face them twice this year, along with, uh, you know, along with uh, Fremantle, of course, and uh, Richmond, you know, who's I think going to be a wild card this year. I think if they're if they're healthy, they might make one more run here because I think, you know, in some ways they're they're a little bit like west coast and geelong but you know they 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 backfilled with a lot of youngsters this year and then you've also got gold coast and adelaide twice this year so yeah it's interesting it's, and the gold, geelong's the last game of the year i think for us down at uh kidney park or gmbh stadium um so i'm not looking maybe, maybe the, the last... name will change by the time the last game's played <laughs> the alphabet stadium as it's called <laughs> um yeah look yeah, some of those teams, like you said, Geelong Cats twice. So, you know, if you're good enough, you, you, look, you have to beat the teams. Um, you have to beat the teams above you to win. And, right, right. You know, um, you know, we play Freo every twice every year. By the which time makes sense. Which makes three, sense. We've played them three times. So, um, you know, that's interesting just because it brings the whole state alive. Mm-hmm. Um bragging and who's better and whatever um they say you know most of the players sit there and say it's just another game well that's bullshit <laughs> um, crows eagles probably got a pretty good record against the crows um so it's going to be interesting they're young team so you never know what they're going to hold up gold coast gold coast always start off good and yeah. we always seem to get them round one so um they troubled us early in round one last year so uh, it's going to be interesting when we play them around one again this in a couple of weeks' time. So, look, I think it was Peps that said on the show the other day, um, 17 rounds, play each other once. I've been a big advocate for that for the last 10 years. I think it's the only way to go, play each other once. If you play them at home one year, you play them away the next year, and then you play finals. And that, to me, I reckon is a better system, but... It's all about money over here, broadcasting. So, yep. yeah, um, they want the dollars. So, you know, there's other ways of doing it. You can make the JLT series, which is only one game this year. Mm-hmm. You can make that bigger. You can make the incentives there bigger, like it used to be in the 90s. You used to have a preseason carnival. And teams did that because they, they, want, they want a lot of cash and it helped out the club, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And okay. Like, you know, um, they could do that again. They could have... State of Origin games where they could fill in if they wanted more, um, more games, and heaven to bid they could bring Tasmania in. So there's an extra club. So that's another game. You know what I mean? So yeah. Well, do you doing it, but do you think that if they bring in if if the if a new club comes in in Tasmania, do you think that they need to bring in a twentieth club also to just kind of bat, you know, so you don't have bye weeks every single week or? Well. That, that that would be the ideal thing, but where would that other team come from? Would it be Northern Territory? Would it be a third team out of WA? Would it be a third team out of South Australia? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we're going to find all that out by August because that's when they vote on Tasmania. And look, Tasmania need a team. I think the AFL stuffed up, you know, with Gold Coast. Um, it The funny thing was Gold Coast over here, they're based at Carrara in um, 
the Gold Coast in Queensland. And that's where the Brisbane Bears were based when they first started. And it never worked then, so how is it going to work now? I know they bring up the numbers for, um, you know, ground-level football is a massive over there. There's more people playing the game, and that's purely what they did it for. But they've got to keep players up there that keep the Gold Coast viable. Right, right. I would have rather had... Um, would have rather had um, the Tasmanian team in before then, but it is what it is. So, yeah, uh, you have to bring in the 20th team, I reckon, and that's what's that's what'll probably happen in the next six months. Will there be a bid from another team? Yes, yeah, so, you know, I've had some people that I've talked to that have said, you know, having a club that uh, that um, you know was maybe you know split time between uh, Cairns and and uh, Darwin, and maybe even a round or two down at Alice Springs. Yeah, well, look, that could work. Um, different seasons, you know, where the football well, up there. But, you know, they play a few games up in Northern Territory anyway. So, yeah. But, um, it all, and like you, you and I, it all comes down to economics and money. So you can put teams in there, but if they can't be viable and uh, support themselves, it's never going to happen. And that's right, the problem right. when you've had, that's the problem that VFL, as we call it over here in WA. The AFL, um, that, <laughs> you know, for years and years, the richer clubs like the Eagles, the Collingwoods, Essendon, they propped up the smaller clubs like St Kilda and North Melbourne and all that. But credit to some of those clubs now, they, they're on their feet. They're, they're viable now and mm-hmm. they're supporting themselves. So if you can get a team that's going to support themselves, and Tasmania will have the government behind them. So it's going to happen, but when, it looks like, 2027 at the earliest for Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. So there's five years there for the AFL to work something out, how they're going to do it. So, well, they've got it, you know, they've got to build, you know, I, I saw the like the mock up of like a stadium that they're planning on building right along the coastline. Yep. That, that would be good. Yeah. But is it in the right spot for Tasmania? That's what Tasmanians are saying. So, because there's a big divide there, sort of like West Coast versus Fremantle, there's a big divide. Yeah, so it's yeah. You know, I and again, I don't know. You know, yeah, I I guess I'd have to look. You know, Canberra is not you know doesn't have a enough of a steady population to support their own club, would they? The capital. Well, that, that that's where Greater Western Sydney. Uh, uh, they, they they sort of like they call that their second home. You know, what right, I mean? right, yeah. Um, and they play a few games there mm-hmm. per year. Um, it's a very, very cold place. It's probably the coldest place in Australia. So um, that would be a nice home field advantage. Yep, <laughs> it would be, especially if it snowed, which it did two years ago against yeah. Hawks. Um, but yeah, look, um, yeah, the GWS—that's their market, that's the area. So um, I can't see them doing anything else with that. Well, I mean, you know, you know, you talked about a you know a third club in uh, well. I guess since they just put the second club in Sydney, it's probably not the right time to add a third club there already. So you, know, you want to let GWS get themselves established a little bit more before you would consider doing that. That's right. And, you know, they have got the population there, but do they have yeah. the ground roots growing? I don't know what the numbers there. Like, to me, you, you could probably get a third team out of WA and you could get a third team out of South Australia. Um, I know there's a couple of clubs in the waffle that have sort of tried for bids before. Mm-hmm. 
um, but haven't gone full full with it. And you know, I think as a waffle purist over here, that'd kill a lot of the waffle. If not, you know, it's been cured enough as well already. It's already considered a feeder competition. So, um, I guess for the grain to grow, that's what they look at. So, um, who knows what's going to happen? But definitely, I can see a nine team in. Yeah, well, it looks, like, it looks like it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, coming back to the Eagles here before we wrap up with the trivia questions that I have for you, oh. which I I I I can put some good ones together here for you. Um, the season has come to an end. Okay, twenty twenty two is over, and what is the headline in the Perth newspaper about the Eagles season? What's the headline say? <laughs> Um, I've got two here. Jack's back, but it's too late because the mandates are gone. And one I don't want to see is Simo out, Clark Owen. Okay, I was, you know, I was gonna maybe mention, you know, because if I'm not mistaken, this is his last year of his contract, right? No, he's got till 2024. Oh, okay, does he? Okay. Okay. But as we know, contracts are worth nothing these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he wouldn't be the first uh, Eagle to be marched on with a contract still in place. Okay. Um, and look, I hope it doesn't happen. But um, right. if they have a really, really, really bad year and they have players come back and they still have a bad year, who knows? And the Clarko thing, I think it, the Clarko thing around every club that – probably it doesn't have a good year is going to be in the back of every club's mind because right right you know he's there so um who knows you know the the, the question is is uh you know how how much confidentiality can real estate agents have you know if he if he <laughs> if he if he goes shopping for property in in perth or along the gold coast you know or something you know something of that nature because you know a lot of people are speculating that that the league would almost love to see him go to Gold Coast to kind of just, you know, bring some, and this is not to take anything away from Stuart Dew, but to bring some, you know, stability or some credibility to the, to the club, which might, you know, help to bring in, you know, some talent that would want to stay there for, for several years. I reckon it's already a given that I reckon the contract's there. You just got to sign it for the well, Gold Coast. That's probably true. Yeah. And you, you said real estate. Um, when Fremantle were going through the motions for a coach, Barco still at Hawthorne, the real estate, the rumours over here that he had bought a house in WA. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Fremantle fans got a bit excited there and I'm sitting there going, this happens every year. Yeah, um, yeah. Every time there's a coach out there, for some reason, or it's the same with players. Um you know, Tim English from the Bulldogs, apparently he, his missus, he's playing, she's playing for the West Coast Fever, which is affiliated with the Eagles in the netball. She's bought a house here, so all the rumours are now that Tim English is going to be coming back to WA, but what the media don't say is she's been playing in a different state for the last two, three years, and Tim. Yeah. And he hasn't and gone they- to Sydney to, to, to play, has he? So... <laughs> It's amazing maybe, the real estate rumors that go around. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's how their maybe that's how their marriage is working. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, 
it's kind of, it's kind of how you know sometimes teachers will joke and say you know you know this, this would be a great job if it wasn't for all the kids uh <laughs> so classic yeah are you are you ready for a uh a handful of uh, eagles related trivia questions oh yeah i am i'm not very good at trivia but i'll give it a go <clears throat> okay well we'll we'll see how you we'll see how you do here um which origin club has the most players represented on the Eagles list with six players? There are six players that are, that came from the same like home club or club that they were with before they got drafted and came to the Eagles. Is it Ace Fremantle? Nope. It's not Ace Fremantle. All right. They all come from the same club. Is it a waffle mm -hmm. team? I honestly, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> how about I give you, how about I give you some names? Okay. Uh, Tom Barras, Callum Jamison, Jeremy McGovern. Uh, it's got to be Claremont. It is Claremont. Yes, it is yep. Claremont. Yeah. Jake Waterman, yeah, well, Sam, Sam Patricia. Man, must be a close second there, I reckon. I think they were. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which, which Eagles player, if, if he's healthy for round one, because oh, we have to preface it with that. Uh, if he's healthy for round one, we'll play in his 200th game in round one. Oh, man, I didn't look at that. Um, 200 games. Uh, Jamie Cripps, I reckon. That's correct, yes. Yep. Yep. So far, not bad, not bad. Uh, this West Coast player, this is a staggering number here because – the other clubs that I looked at had a number of people that fell into this category. This West Coast player was the only Eagles player last year with over 90% on ground time. 90% on ground time. Yeah, mm. he had 96.77. He was the only one over 90% last year. It'd have to be a defender, I reckon. Oh, geez. Was it Josh Roffin? It is not a defender. It's not a defender. Jeez. Nope. Andrew Gath. Mm -mm. No, geez. Let, let's let's just let's just say that his his you know, if we're going to average his on ground time last year and this year, it's going to be a significantly lower number. Oh look, I, I can't guess on that. Um, let, let me have a little think. On ground, I'm just thinking oh, of somebody. I, I, I just gave you a huge hint that if we average his percentage this year with the percentage from last year, it's going to be significantly lower than the one that he had last year. Dumb shade. Nope. Jack Darling. Jack Darling. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, wouldn't even afford him. Yeah, yeah ninety-six point seven seven percent. Geez, that's a, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you now, definitely wasn't Nick Nat, so I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which which senior which senior coach won more games for the Eagles? John Worsfold or Mick Malthouse? One more games. Mm -hmm. I'd have to. I'd have to say Mick Malthouse. He did one one fifty six yeah. to one forty nine. Yeah, yep. I, 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 I thought it would have been close, but um, and Simo must be probably around about. I know Simo's percentage for winning is probably better than both of theirs. Uh, actually, Malthouse's is a little bit better. Oh, yeah, is six, it? Right. 60, 64.6 to 62.9. Yep. 
Oh. Now, Jamie Jamie Graham leaves both of them in the dust, though. Oh, yeah, well. He only you can't make his record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. After, after Josh Kennedy's 675 goals, which player is second on the club's all-time list with 514? Uh, Peter Simic. Yep. There you go. There you go. Okay. He, he, he leads the points, but <laughs> the most points. So he sprayed a few of them then. Oh, yeah. He was oh. renowned for it. Fifth <laughs> round, he was better. Closer in, he sprayed them. So. Okay. Who did the Eagles get their first finals victory against? Finals victory, shit. 1990. 1990. I remember they lost to Melbourne. Finals victory. 1990, 1990. Jeez. 1990. It wasn't Footscray, was it? It was not. It was, no, it, it was Melbourne. Oh, I knew they had the first they, finals they beat, loss against Melbourne. They they beat Melbourne one thirty to one hundred after they'd had a draw and a loss against Collingwood in the qualifiers. All right. Yep. I can't get now, reminded about West Coast's first final loss. Well, I think it was pretty much from Melbourne from Peps because the player who kicked it ran in on open goals and he sprayed it, and that was a difference. Yeah. <laughs> now who? Who were the top two goal kickers for the Eagles last year? Uh, Jack Darlin with 42, Josh Kennedy with 41. There you go. I thought you said you weren't very good with these. Well, that, that's a recent memory, so that's easy. Okay. Well, <laughs> this this one's not a recent memory here, so uh, uh, this is actually the last one. Which club has defeated West Coast the most times in their history? Uh, Essendon, Oregon, and Swans. It is, it is Sydney, yes, 31 times. Yeah, 30, and Essendon, 30, uh, Essendon would be about 30 or 29, 30. Uh, I'd have to go back and look, but it's uh, I, I didn't write down the second place one here. I just uh, I wrote down just the first one there. But And this one's um, for you. West Coast and Geelong have both won 27 apiece with one draw. Oh, yeah? Okay. I thought that's what you might ask me, so I kept no, that I, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't put that one down. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> I didn't put that one down. That was, uh, why is that? Yeah, it is 27 apiece. You're right. Yeah. yeah the, the team that the team that they've beaten the most, and you can tell Pepsis it's Melbourne. Yeah. I would have so, thought that. I would have yeah. thought that off, um, or Brisbane because earlier on when Brisbane, but Brisbane Bears, Eagles used to smash them all the time. Mm-hmm. So I would have put them down there pretty close as well. Yeah, between well, between the Lions and the Bears, thirty-five times, and then uh, yeah, yep, that's that. That would and the Bulldogs, thirty-six times. Yep. So, um, you know, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an interesting year for West Coast this year. You know, if if people come back healthy, they still have a a pretty solid list. They've got a very solid ruck. They've got you know that this is a club that. You know, those small forwards together could, you know, could cause a lot of clubs headaches if they're, uh, you know, if they can get everybody out on the ground all at the same time. But it's, um, as you said, maybe taking a step back for a year and being able to pr- bring in some, some new blood, if you will, 
to, you know, to, to help, you know, retrofit or refit the, the list may not yep. be the worst thing in the world. Well, like you said, if they can get everyone fit, you know, you just name the players that are 100 games over. You got uh, Hearn, you got JK, Redden, Shuey, Gaff, Nick, oh, who are that ones? McGovern, Sheed, Yo, Cripps, 199 games. Um, yeah. If you get those guys back on the park, there's a, you know, they're going to be hard. You know, they're going to they're going to be hard to beat with those guys on the ground, but. Right, right. That's everything gone, gone great. The first three rounds, you're not going to have that team. You're not going to have that nucleus. Um, like I said, Oscar Allen's a big hole, especially with Jack Darling not being there. Um, but in saying that, they've got some great youngsters that can play forward. Like Jake Waterman hasn't played. He plays every second game every year, and it's his time now to shine. Um, and I think he's going to be a good player. Because mm-hmm. he's a good mark and a good, he's one of the straightest kicks at the Eagles. So up forward, it's his time to take that that opportunity. You know what I mean? And they've got a couple of younger players that are tall. They've just drafted that Hugh Dixon, that ex Fremantle player, who played really good in that smashing of a scratch match the other day. So there is some positives there for the Eagles going forward. And who knows? You know, sometimes these teams. With the younger players, surprise a few people. You know what I mean? Well, they're not expected to do something, and next you know, bang. Yeah, you know, if they end up playing, you know, the younger the younger kids. I mean, you look at you look at Adelaide two years ago, and you look at the Ruse last year. They yep. took their they took their lumps. Yep. But those those clubs played hard. I don't think anybody. You know, you go back and look at how at how North Melbourne finished up the season. I don't think anybody wanted to play them at the end of the year because. David Noble has has that group of kids believing and and I think we well, just said the word believing. Yeah, believing. You believe yeah. in it, you, you can do it. So yeah, I um, maybe not maybe not this year, but I think 2023, I think North Melbourne is is fighting for a spot back in the eight again. Yeah, look, well, you just said North Melbourne, they beat West Coast last year at home mm-hmm. at Optus, and I was at the ground and and it will come down to hard work and belief. Um, yep. You could see on the ground that he was just weren't working hard, and like I said, you put youngsters in there; they're all fighting for that spot all the time, and that's probably what the Eagles didn't have last year underneath at waffle level. They didn't have the younger players putting their hand up, mm-hmm. that you know, and you couldn't put them in last year. But now they're going to have their chance, right? They're going to have to be hungry, and it's like all sports, you know, if you're coming up from the bottom you've got to push that person out in front of you and when you do take that spot you've got to take that spot you can't just go oh i'm just going to get a game and right right you've got to play hard so that's something positive for me to look at see how the youngsters do go so we're going to find that out as soon as tomorrow it's going to be an interesting game there because you know the papers are already written the newspapers over here have already written west coast off season hasn't started they said Salad dwellers and they, they could be on the money, but I hope they're not. Yeah, but you, but you won't be. You, you of course, you you want, you'd love to have the club healthy, but I think you also realize as, as you know, as a cat supporter, the list is getting is getting up there. You know, it's yeah. uh, there's going to have to be you know there's going to have to be something 
you know, this, this may be, this may be the last year for Joel Selwood. This might, you know, I, this, I, I think, you know, maybe Hawkins comes back one more year after this, maybe, I don't know if he seems to be in pretty good shape, but, you know, Selwood gets, you know, has been beat up quite a bit, you know, it's, uh, yeah. You know, I, yeah, well, both teams are in the same predicament. Um, use it as much as you can when, when you've got it. It's like, you know, you, if you got those players, you have to play them. So, right, right. You, you know, um, they're there. They're, they're they're stars for a reason. So, yeah. Um, and you don't lose your ability overnight. So, um, it all comes down to drive, want, and mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I can see it's, cats pushing right to the very end this year. So, I've actually got them in my grand final against Melbourne. So. Okay, I haven't I haven't gotten that far along yet as far as doing my own predictions. I'm still I still have. You know what I I, I want to. I don't know the ground that it's scheduled for, but you're playing Richmond twice this year. Um, are you somebody who is advocating that the Eagles play Richmond at Marvel Stadium? Are you are you advocating that that ends up being a Richmond home game at Marvel? Because we know how much the Tigers love going to Marvel Stadium. Yeah, well, look, just on just on that, how you say that, you'd like to see them there because it's already in their belief that their coach doesn't like the, yeah, the ground. Yeah. But Eagles in Richmond over the last few years have been brilliant contests. Yeah. Um, and I think it's pretty even. Um, they beat us at the MCG by a goal and we beat them over here. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward. I just want to see the best teams out there given their awe. And if it's Richmond, I'd, I'd rather play them at the MCG because, at the end of the day, you got to play the grand final at the MCG. Yeah. So the cool. more games WA clubs, and the same for Freo, the more games we can get on the MCG, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that used to be a big thing over here, but now because the Optus is the same size ground-wise, they probably don't see it as being a bigger bonus if they don't play on the MCG as much. But... You know, you want the biggest crowds here. You 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 want that atmosphere. So, yeah. From that just, point of view, I'd rather MCG. But for psychological uh, reasons, yeah. Yeah. Put it on would be yeah. Great. yeah, it's it's Eagles just, playing I, Collingwood there, so that's good. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I and I and this is and this might have something to do with it, but yeah, I have I have two clubs that I've not lined up a guest for yet. One of them, and I think I've got this one. I think I've got the Gold Coast one lined up, but the other one, believe it or not, is Richmond. I've not been able to line up a Richmond supporter to come on and talk about the Tigers this year. And I thought I think they are all pissed off at me because I, I continually poke fun at them about having to you know to, to cross a cross that crocodile infested river and the forty seven kilometers of desert between Punt Road and Marvel Stadium. And it's just it's just it's uh. And oh, I, I, th- I think they're all. I think they're all pissed off at me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, over here, it's um. I know quite a you know, a couple of my mates, Richmond supporters, and all that. And for ten years, you never heard from them, and then they all come out the closet. So. Oh yeah, it's uh, well. I actually there is a uh, there is a, a Richmond supporter who I talk to on Twitter quite a bit, uh, who I've been trying to get to come on the podcast and, and he doesn't want to come on and I, it's why why not i mean I, it's just you know come on and just yeah. you know share your thoughts about it it's not uh yeah, yeah it's not hard. i don't know 
Yeah, it's it's fun. And it's, you know, like I said, I I, I trade messages with him on Twitter every week. I mean, I've the the photograph of Optus Stadium on my website is one that he took and sent to me. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's you know, that's that's the background on that's the background on my website. Uh yeah, so maybe you should try and get somebody from the club like a Neil Baum or somebody, you know. Yeah, well, I bet if if they've heard about my podcast and me giving them a hard time, they're not going to want to come on either. So. Well, Neil Baum, uh, you know what? If you can contact Neil Baum and if he's on Twitter, or that, I reckon yeah. he'd be a uh, person that would proudly come on because um, he, he would, you know, every club he's been at, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was a great footballer back in the day for Richmond, and uh, but and he's, you know, he went to different clubs and helped them, you know. Um, as a football manager, um, I reckon if you could try and get him on, that might be your way to go, mate. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make one more pitch online. Cause I still have, I have two more interviews I'm doing tomorrow night. Um, and hopefully a third, actually, I'm trying to get the Bulldogs one lined up for tomorrow night then as well. But, uh, you know, we shall see, but, uh, Waza, this has been a lot of fun, sir. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate and, uh, it. You know, uh, you know the one thing I forgot to ask you before we wrap up. Yeah, you, know, you said you do all you do all the graphics for your the, the, the yep. stuff on your on your website. So how did you get into doing the graphic stuff as well? Because that's I mean, is that is that self um, self taught? Yeah, self very self taught. Um, I'm probably a bit slack with it. I should do a lot more tutorials on it, and I don't. Um, I know I've just always had an art background sort of thing, and um, when I was okay. in bands, you know in the early 2000s and all that, it was one way of cutting out costs. So I thought I'd do it myself, learn, learn it myself. And yeah. it was all about flyers and discs and all that. So, and, um, <laughs> ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in that way, I just sort of self-taught myself. And, um, okay. yeah, I spend quite a lot of time doing it for different yeah. football pages and the podcast page. And I have okay. other people out as well. You know, when they want a few things done, I try and help them out. And, yeah, something I enjoy doing. So, and I thought, you know, I can control it myself. I know what I want. Yeah. And sometimes when you, you're doing stuff and you've got other people doing it, you know, you say, oh, no, you can do it this way. And I, I hate saying that sort of stuff to people sort of thing. So if I can control that part yeah, of that it. Make, that makes sense. That makes that's sense. That's why yeah. probably why I try and do it. So, yeah. So where, where, can, people, where can people find your podcast? So, yeah, uh, well, we bounce it off SoundCloud. That's our platform we bounce it onto. But uh, like with all podcasts, you can get it on Apple, Spotify, Google. Um, I went through a list the other day and there was some that I didn't even know were on, you know. So uh, you pump in your, to your phones or your, your laptops, any podcast um, apps or whatever, and you'll probably find us on there. I heard that. I think we're on Amazon in America. You can't get podcasts on Amazon over here in Australia. So okay. that's probably where I think a lot of the people in America listen to us on maybe or Apple. Um, we're on Facebook. We bounce the episodes up there on Instagram and, and Twitter. I'm not very big on Instagram and Twitter at the moment, but I'm sort of like learning that sort of side of it, but mainly more Facebook because okay. you get that more. I think with Facebook you get more uh, interaction yeah, conversation wise yeah you, you do it's uh but then once you go into like uh 
like the mess the 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 dm stuff on twitter you can go in, in depth with with like individual people too you know yeah. behind the scenes that's that's been a that's been that's been a great resource for me and, and quite frankly you know linkedin has been has been a great tool you know when i when i first got on linkedin about 18 months ago it was like trying to get a drink of water out of a fire hose <laughs> <laughs> It was just, it was, it was overwhelming. I mean, I still have people that I've been in touch with that I, you know, that I've, you know, lined up, you know, that yes, they want to come on the show that I've had to go back six months later and apologize for not getting back to them and lining something up because that it's, it's like, it's like the, you know, the, the airplanes that are getting ready to take off at the airport, you know, you're number nine for, for takeoff. You're, you're in line at number nine. It's, you know, you're number 13 now or whatever, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's been a great, uh, Great source. I'm only new to LinkedIn, so I'm sort of learning that now. So, um, yeah, look, um, you know, as, as you know, with podcasts, we try and get it out to as many people as possible mm -hmm. that are interested in that sort of thing. Um, I'm a big podcast listener, so that's all I do because I drive, I'm on the road a lot. So, right, right. Um, I've listened to quite a lot of your shows. Um, yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Every, everything. Um, out there, football wise, I'm more football wise. There's a few different programs I do listen to that aren't football, but majority of it's football yeah. wise. And you know, I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm a football fan at, at mm -hmm. heart. So I love hearing stories from different players. Um, it's it's more about the history. Right, uh, right. I'm a big history. I'm a big history buff. So um, anything I can get knowledge on, I, and if it comes in spoken word form, I, I'll give it a go. So well, there, there's a couple, there's a couple that are based in Australia that I, that I have really enjoyed. Uh, there's one, one called forgotten Australia yep. that I listened to. And then there's another one called weird crap in Australia <laughs> that, that I did. I mean, both of those, you know, that you know, the, the forgotten Australia one, that gentleman will do, shows where he'll 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 have a topic that he'll cover over the span of four or five like 45 minute episodes where he goes extremely in depth with things and just you know fascinating fascinating stuff because you know i'm you know i'm just trying to learn a little bit about the country that has that is hosting this game that i've fallen in love with and it's just it's kind of neat to to just learn learn a little bit about that sort of thing that's interesting here. I've got a question for you, so I didn't want to forget about this. You said to get the game out, Aussie rules out to America, mm -hmm. to just 1%. Yeah. And um, it got me thinking. So I went back to see how many games have actually been played from the AFL clubs in America, and I found out there were six, which mm -hmm. surprised me because um, I knew of the one um, in 2006 with the Swans and the Roos. But it went far as back as 1963 that they've been trying every now and then to play a game. And oh. um, it just surprises me that the AFL tried to break into the China area. And I thought, well, that, that to me is just throwing money up against a brick wall. You know what L I mean? Literally. It, 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 to me, it's just throwing money, <laughs> throwing money away. And... Um, uh, and and then it got to me and the Super Bowl. I I, I love watching Gridiron. Mm -hmm. um, even tried to play it myself once, but when I got hit as a wide receiver, I gave up pretty quickly. <laughs> 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 it was too brutal for me. So um, who do you who do you cheer for? 
Oh, I'm a, and it's funny that they won it this year, the LA Rams. Okay. I was always a Rams or a Raiders fan, so. Okay. It was more so the Raiders. Um, probably the LA connection, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. Well, there you go. That makes sense. Like that. that makes sense. Um, but as a, you know, the, the, in saying that, I follow them. I, I like, I just like watching the game. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, and some people say it's complex, but I seem to get the goal of it and I love it. Um, and that's where I thought <clears throat> you get a $3 million 30-second ad every Super Bowl. Yeah. I've never seen an AFL do a 30-second ad, especially with a Super Bowl. And, and I just – hopefully there's some AFL guys out there listen to this. You know, 30 seconds, all you have to do I, is put – I hope so too. <laughs> all you have to do is put – this is a Super Bowl, but this is our Super Bowl. Right, and right. And you just have 30 seconds of great marks, great big mm-hmm. hits, great goals to go, join us. You know? Yeah. That's $3 million yeah. well spent, considering you're spending $17 million to spruik a game in China. Um, yeah, I just, that's, that's a great point. You know, and it's... And, um, yeah, I don't know how, how it's going to happen, but I, I try and say it to everyone I hear. Uh, yeah, well, there's the question more in America. The sad thing is, is that as of as of today, because I checked today, they that normally, you know, because those of us who absolutely love the game, we have we have the Watch AFL app, which gets us, you know, we get yeah. all the games live or on demand, and all of the programs that Fox Footy does. Now, I wish they would figure out a way to actually bring in the Channel Seven programming as well, because I'd like to watch the Front Bar, I'd like to watch uh, Footy Classified, um, instead of having to try to go find them on YouTube, you know two days yep. after they've been on, but uh, they have not yet reached a contract agreement with uh, the Fox sports channel here in the States that will normally carry three or four games each week. And we're at a point right now where, you know, major league baseball, which the season start, the major league baseball season spring training would is supposed to be going on right now with the season starting at the end of this month, the end of March. Yep. The, the the owners have locked out the players. They've they've they're they're having a huge contract dispute. They've already canceled the first week and a half of the season. They've already canceled the games. They're not going to be made up. Yep. There's a. It's like it was two years ago when when COVID hit. There were no games being played here. It was they were showing every AFL game on television here. Yeah, there's they, a market but, there, isn't but, there? But, but but they weren't. They didn't. They have never. They've never just put on a commercial and said, hey. Crow's Dockers are going to be on at 3 a.m. Set your DVRs, you know, and and show it, even show, you know, commercials, you know, on those channels to say, hey, check this game out. That, that, that surprises me because uh, the Fox Hell Murdoch company, mm-hmm. Australians, um, but they are from a rugby background. Yeah, that just surprises me that they don't do something like that. And, uh, Maybe it's a niche here. Um, somebody needs to step up over here. I don't know. It's, it, it, to me, because over here, like, last few years, you never got to see American football. But now, mm-hmm. on I think it's on Channel 7 over here. It might be Channel 10. I can't remember which one it is. Now we see it, and you have to wake up early, but that's right, how it's right. on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it's usually a game of the round or they do your highlights. And so, yeah, they need to do that over there. And, um, yeah, I just can't see why they can't do that. And um, it's a, especially with the way I've seen it, like there's more 
I think there's more AFL teams in America playing in different areas than there is probably anywhere else in the world other than Australia. So Can- Canada has a ton also. The Toronto area has a huge yeah, Canada, footy yep. presence, yeah. That they've had exhibition games there before mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, it, like, to me it's a market there for the, the taking and, you know, people with big lots of money like the Murdochs, I, I can't see why they can't push it. Um, yeah, well, you know, two, year, two summers ago, or two seasons ago, I think it was two seasons, it wasn't last year, uh, Satellite Radio here, because there's a huge satellite radio company here in the States uh, called Sirius XM. They actually had a show, that they did have a radio show that was on each week called Aussie Aussie Rules the World and Eddie Maguire was on it. But you said say that again, I just got interrupted. There, no, that's okay. There was there we had a uh, a show on satellite radio called Aussie Rules Aussie Aussie Rules the World about and Eddie Maguire it was a weekly show for like a half an hour on radio on satellite radio where they were talking about Australian football. But it was, you know, and they advertised it a little bit, but you know, they weren't carrying any of the games on there at all. And you know of course, you can uh, listen to the, you can listen to the games live on you know through the uh, the AFL's website. I mean, I can you know I can turn on I can turn in and listen to you know Triple M or listen to the Nears yeah. broadcast. You know, you know that type of thing. It's you know so I can I can listen to them if I if I want to. But it's you know, and I've done that before in the car, like driving to school. I'll I'll put the I'll put the game on on the radio and listen to the listen to the the call on the radio in my car, which. Uh, it's it's kind of cool, you know, having been following it long enough now that I, you know, the first couple of years it took me a while when I'd listen to it on the radio trying to figure out where are they on the ground, what are they saying. But now it's it's just second nature for me. It's it's I've gotten so I I know I know where they are, I know what's happening, and that's that's kind of a cool thing to have happen. So, oh, that's good. And um, and I I just want to give you a heads up. Um, you probably give the best um coverage for the girls competition over here there's not many podcasts that even talk about them well it's i love so watching it's interesting them, yeah. that you you're doing that and it's good to hear and it's good to hear somebody else's perspective on the girls competition because you know all the guys over here we talk about the skill level and that and how they rushed you know to me i think personally they rushed the competition over here it was supposed to start in 2020 but Mm-hmm. Again, comes down to money, and they're losing a bucket load of money every year, and they've got to get their model right. But it's good to see that your podcast is actually promoting women's footy over here. Well, there's there's a there's a uh, I think it's called the Fifth Quarter. I think that does yeah the Fifth Quarter a really good job as well. Uh, I think Emma Emma Race is part of that podcast. Yeah, um, she's a big author and supporter. I've tried I've tried to. She's somebody else who I've you know I've who I've made arrangements to have on, but I've never. We've never lined up the times to do it, but yeah, I'm. Uh, well, that's yeah, actually be- the name where we were going to use for okay. our podcast fifth quarter because we had a, a segment on our one of our footy pages called the fifth quarter. Okay, where we got somebody to write about write about it, and then a few podcasts have used that name. So yeah, I, I'm actually familiar with that one you're talking about. So yeah, it's uh yeah I'm. I mean, this will just show you right here. I mean, this is just. Those right, I don't know if you can see all those. Those are just the footy podcast because yours is not on the the app that I normally use, so I'm gonna have to go find it somewhere else. But those are the footy podcasts that I have subscribed to just on on my the, okay. the app I use yep. called it's the app I use called Stitcher, which is the one that I listen to my podcast. Oh, Stitcher, yep. Yeah, because 
it's got you know i have the stitcher premium because there's one show that does like a, a premium show that you have to pay like 30 bucks a year to be able to access all of their premium stuff so and that to I'm me that sure. show's worth it yeah i can't remember if we were on stitcher or not is is eagle nation all one word yep yep okay, all one that word might, that might have been the problem bingo yeah um I'm, maybe we're not on it's either that or deezer there it is yeah yeah there I, it is I, yep, yep i just subscribed to it then we're good to go good deal yeah it's it's interesting to find out when you know you find out what people listen to on what platform and all that and then people go oh you're on this one and i go oh i've never even heard of that you know <laughs> yeah that's that's true yeah but it's and you know, it's like oh there's another one so but like you said you put the feed out there and it bounces around to all of them so that's mm -hmm. a good thing with podcasts yeah. it's not just um on one one uh sort of app you know what i mean so it's good because it gives people different you know everyone's got their own preferences i guess so so let me this is this will be the last thing that i ask you and i had meant to ask you this earlier what's the best compliment that you've received from one of your listeners um probably that uh some of the shows i play devil devil devil's advocate you know what okay. i mean um, so we're not just like biased mm -hmm. about our football team. We we bring up the negatives. We we try and put it from different points of view. I've had a, quite a lot of comments like that as well. Um, and just purely that, you know, you get a lot of people saying, oh, I'm glad you're on because that's all I listen to. I get all my, you know, different states of Australia or even mm -hmm. overseas. That's how I get my footy information. Um and, you know, if they're listening to us and that's what they're saying, you know, you just, that, that, that brings a smile to my face and yeah. it's happy to hear stuff like that. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my guest has been Waza King from the Eagle Nation podcast. And again, Eagle Nation is all one word and you can find that on your favorite podcast hosting site or over on Facebook. And I'll put the links in the show notes. And uh, Waza, this has been a hell of a lot of fun. I, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed our discussion here. This is, uh, this is, this has been great. Um, I hope the year goes well for you, but as you said, maybe this is the year for the a little bit of a recovery to take place to allow some, some backfill of the list with some, you know, some quality youngsters coming out and, you know, in 20 in the November draft, I think it's November. Yeah. Uh, 2022 draft there. No, thanks for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure, mate. And uh, hopefully we can do it again next year. So um, absolutely, yeah, it's great. And um, like I said, um, keep up the good work over there, spreading the word in the US of O. I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. You have a great thanks. weekend. All right. Are thanks you are you going to be able to get to the ground for the game? Ah, uh, they've got no. <laughs> they've moved it from Fremantle Oval to Optus Oval, and no crowd. Oh, good lord! <laughs> good lord! So that's the restrictions that we're facing over here. But in round one and two weeks, you're allowed to have 30,000. So will you be one of them? Uh, Eagles home game. Yes, I'm a member. So because there's 60,000 seats, I don't know how they're going to divvy it up. So mm -hmm. maybe it's a ballot. I don't know. It's going to be a headache for clubs. And they said it's for the first three rounds of the season. It's going to be 30,000 maximum. So... Well, maybe you need to, maybe you need to get a media pass. You have a I've podcast a after pass. all. I've got a media pass for the waffle. I haven't got one for the AFL. So 
bit harder to get for the AFL. You have to have clubs or clubs endorse you. Um, okay. Um, but the waffle, I've got one, so that's I'll be quite going to see quite a lot of waffle games and uh, mainly the ones that Eagles are playing in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, something. <coughs> excuse me. Something I have been working on, but I love my live footy. I prefer to watch it live than on on TV. But um, different. You see different. You see it differently. It's um. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully um, everything's yeah. back to normal over yeah. here within a month. I would love I would love to be able to just get the camera angle for one, at least one game where the camera was just stationed above the goals at one end, just so I could watch the game open oh, up yeah. on the ground from one end to the other, just to see how that would work. It's it, it's great when you're watching because I, I sit in the middle of the ground mm-hmm. at ground level, but then you go behind the goals and you like I sort of like when I saw the grand final at Ops last year. Yeah, you see the game totally different up up in the air you see the game actually happening before it happens so it's right it's right. a different viewpoint has to be has to be wonderful to see all right well hey waza again have a great weekend sir thanks for you giving too, me, buddy. thanks thanks for giving me some of your time i appreciate it thanks very much you bet you bet and a huge thank you to warren waza king for being so generous with his time in several facets here not just sitting down for the conversation but uh everything else that he did. I can't thank him enough for that. And don't forget that you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com and also on Twitter at yank underscore on and over on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. And again, if you haven't done so yet, check out the website at yank on and get on that email list. So when the new episodes come out, I can get that to you. Remember, you can also leave me a voicemail there or you can leave me a note on there if you have uh, something that you'd like to share. And with regards to the email list, when I do go live with new episodes that are going to be live episodes coming very soon, I do send out usually 24 hours in advance uh, a notice that we're going to be going live at a certain time, and that goes into my email list so they know that it's going to be out there if they want to stop by the show and, and chime in and give their views on things. So... Ladies and gents, we are just a few days away from the start of the 2022 season. I'm excited. Everybody's excited. We've got a lot of positive things going on with our clubs. Um, in this episode, as you heard, we we spoke before Jack Darling returned to the Eagles' side. I can't thank all of you enough for the kind words, for the support that you have shown. It's it's been it's overwhelming. It's uh, yeah. I would love to shake hands with every single one of you and uh hopefully someday i get to shake hands with lots of you and again i want to thank you we love our clubs we love this game and we are very very close to getting started and i do hope that if you're enjoying the show you'll consider leaving me a review over on my website and sharing a link of your favorite preview with your supporters of that club and ladies and gentlemen as always May your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 145 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me again at yank underscore on Twitter or to yank on the footy at gmail.com and on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. And I do hope that you'll share the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.